And welcome to the Ascend Television Network and welcome to Second Chances. My name is Greg Hennis. Thank you very much for joining us. If you're watching this program today for the first time and you say, what in the world is a second chance? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you've made that decision in your life to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I guarantee you know what a second chance is because because of the grace of the Lord, we've all been given, quite frankly, more than a second chance. We've been given a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance because he loves each and every one of us so much that he sent, God sent his most precious possession, that is Jesus, his son, to forgive us of our sins, to go to the cross and allow us to be in a place where we can have life eternity just by simply saying, Lord, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, I'm willing to serve you, and confess that out of your mouth and you'll be saved. It's, it's really that easy. And what happens when you're saved? Well, that's what this program is really all about. And we are privileged each and every week to bring on uh, people, all different walks of life, uh, all different situations, but they all have that common bond that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their lives. And we want to welcome to the program today a person that I've been promising for a long time that we're going to bring him on the program. And finally... I said we're going to do it, and we're so honored. Gene Seward. Gene, thank you for coming on with us today. You're welcome. Now, Gene, I have known you for a long time, and I have, this is one of the few times I've actually heard someone's testimony, uh, but it's been a while ago. So um, kind of for the viewers at home purpose, a lot of times I don't like to know a person's testimony prior to them coming on the show, and the reason is is it helps me to have a better understanding if I was on the, that side of the camera, what I would want to know. But with that being said, Gene, um, I want to start off, as I, I, I generally do with all of our guests, is I like to find out, you know, a little bit about a person's, you know, where they were born, were they born into a Christian home, and then we'll kind of go from there. Um, well, I, I am from Millville, and uh, no, I was not born into a Christian home. Uh, I was born into a home that um, half Catholic, half Methodist, but they weren't practicing it. So they weren't really going to church on a regular basis? No. no. And you were one of those people that really didn't go to church on a regular basis? No. No. My grandparents would take me. So, you know, if I went to my mother's side, we went to the Catholic church. If we went... If I went to my other grandparents, my father's parents, we went to the Methodist church. Okay, okay. So it was kind of really just not very frequently, and you didn't really understand anything because obviously a Methodist and Catholic are a little bit different as far as the way they, they, they Somewhat, practice worship. Somewhat, yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's kind of how you were raised. Um, Jean, I know you have um, quite a testimony. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I kind of lead up to a testimony, but I think in this case, if it's okay with you, uh, I would like you to just kind of talk to us about some of the things you've been through in life and and tell us what happened and just kind of, I know it's on your heart to do it, so rather than me sit there and, you know, I just want you to tell your story and then we'll go from there. How's that? Okay. Okay. Well, my parents divorced when I was about three and a half years old. And so, you know, I, I come from a broken home. And um, we didn't have a lot of money, you know. 
especially considering, uh, you know, two different households, you know, one income. Uh, so my mother had custody of us at first, me and my brother. He's about a year and a half younger than me. And uh, we had to go to babysitters because they both had to work. You know, when I went with my father, you know, um, he had to find someone to babysit us. Uh, if I went with my mother, she had to find someone to babysit us. And uh, my, my father's sister uh, would watch us once in a while because she had a couple of kids plus some stepchildren of her own. And uh, I don't remember how old I was, you know, when um, this started to happen, but my, my aunt's husband started to molest both my brother and I. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know how old I was when this started. And um, very um, strong person in the fact that um, I was very, I'm very, I'm short, you know, so I was very tiny when I was little. And um, very uh, aggressive person. Uh, I remember seeing him pick up his son, you know, by the arm one time, just jerked him right off the floor. Mm. You know, and um, so I had to be there during that, you know, during babysitting time. And, you know, my brother and I were, we were scared. We didn't, we didn't know what to do. And he wouldn't do things with us when we were both together. If I went to the bathroom, he got a hold of me. If my brother went to the bathroom, Mm. or, yeah, if I went to the bathroom, he got a hold of him. If, you know, and vice versa. Um, and I believe that he was hurting his own children as well. Mm. And when I, so my, my parents, my dad, he remarried when I was about six, about five and a half, six years old, somewhere around there. I was still living with my mom, but eventually she had a nervous breakdown and she had to give up custody to my dad, Mm. you know, and before that she had gotten us out of that situation, taking us to the Millville Daycare Center instead of my aunt's house. Um, she still didn't know that that had gone on. And so she had uh, given up custody of us because she couldn't handle it to raising two kids on her own. At that time, we were living in Wade East Apartments, and, you know, Wade East isn't, like, the best area, you know. And... Uh, so, you know, I, we had to go live with my dad, and my dad um, took, wound up taking us back to my aunt's hmm. because he long, did not know. How long, how long of a period were you away from your aunt's where the problem was happening? Say, explain that when, again. When you said you had not went to your aunt's for a while because you were with your mom, and then you went back, your dad started taking well, you back. How long of a, did you have a break, of a little well, bit of a break? Well, until... And this was only during their working hours. This Correct. had nothing to do with, you know, living there. Um, Till I was about seven, seven and a half, almost seven and a half years old. Mm. Um, that's when I finally said something to my stepmom. And she, there was a big family meeting, and she wound up, you know, he, he totally denied it, stood right in front of me and said, Jeannie, you know you didn't do that. I didn't do that to you, you know. Mm. And, you know, but I stood my ground. And so 
you know, wound up having to go other places, you know, because couldn't go there. Big family split. And then... And, and did your brother at that same time reveal his... He was so little. He, he, I don't think he was even there at that meeting because, he, like I said, he was, you know, a year and a half younger than me, so... So if you're seven, you're really talking about a five-year-old and they don't really understand what's going on. If, yeah, so... And, you, and did, I was so young, I don't remember all of it. I only remember small details. How, how, did, you, how did you know that your brother was being abused, too? I don't even remember now. I just know that he was. Mm. And to this day, he has a severe, severe bitterness mm. toward uh, my our uncle. Mm. Yeah, so um, big family split, you know, everybody, you know, is, is mad at everybody. And my grandfather convinced my dad not to uh, press charges, be, you know, to put him in jail which was a, a mistake, but he didn't, you know, my dad didn't know that there were other things going on too, which, you know, eventually came out when they, my dad started sending me to my grandparents' house on the weekends, during the summer, and, you know, my brother by then wound up going to live with my mom's parents. They wound up taking over the raising of him, and so it was just me. You know, and I wound up going to my grandparents' house, and I found out why he didn't want that to be done. It's because that he was already uh, doing things with the uncle's stepdaughter, mm. or her daughter, his step grandchild, something like that. So there was more situations going on. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and so eventually, you know, they barely believed me the first time. How are they going to believe me a second time? You know, my own grandfather. Mm. You know, and so, it, and it started out small, a little, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. And then eventually, you know, it, became, it becomes blackmail, you know, and it, things, you know, just totally escalated. And I mm. dealt with that till I, from about, I was about eight years old, somewhere around there when that started, till I was almost 17 years old. Gene, mm. what did that do to you as a person? It, I, I wound up with some eating disorders, you know, starving myself. I wound up, I could lie straight-faced to a person because every time I had to go around family, I had to act like there was nothing wrong. Even though you were broken? Yes, completely broken, completely. When, when I first started going to church on my own, I was totally broken inside. I had so many walls up. I did not let people pass that. People in school, children in school that I went to, to school with had no idea what was going on because I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed of what I had been dealing with. It was my own grandfather, mm. you know, that I just, I, I put walls up and I, I created a facade mm. because I could not let anybody know. So you never, ever told anyone that your grandfather did it because you felt that they would never believe you a second time because they had trouble believing you the first time. That's correct. Even though I would think deep down inside they... I'm sure they realized that that was what was going on. Mm. 
Yes. Wow. So how do you, how does one act? I mean, I, I'm, I just don't understand. You know, obviously I've never been Serious. in that spot. How do, you, how do you act when you see your grandma knowing that? Serious self-control. Wow. I had to really keep control of my insides, even though my insides felt like they were shaking like jelly. You know, and I learned to manipulate. I learned to lie. I told you straight faced, look a person straight in the eye and be able to totally lie to them. Hmm. My my best friend did not even know. Wow. So you you really kept it to yourself. I kept everything. Did you share with your brother? No, no, because he was safe. He was safe. Mm. My, you know, I eventually had a, uh, I have a half sister with my stepmom and dad, you know. And so, you know, she never had to deal with that stuff. She never went over there and spent the night or anything. And I'm really grateful for that, you know, because I did not want her to get Mm. harmed either, you know. And, um, my family, my sister knows now about the uncle. You know, everybody else knows about the uncle, uh, but they don't know about the grandfather. Is the uncle and grandfather related? No, that's his son-in-law. Okay, so just through marriage. Through marriage, yes. Yes, so um, now eventually I started going to church. I did everything backwards. I met my husband and we bought a house, had a baby, got married. In reverse order. Yes. <laughs> we okay. did it backwards. You weren't saved then. It's okay. No, and it's I okay. didn't, at that time, I was so rebellious, I didn't care. I was, did, it, was it hard for you, Jean, you know, knowing that you had had such, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, just rough experiences with men? Was it hard to actually let a guy love you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Paul did not know. My husband, Paul. Oh, my. Did not know. Uh, I Because it's family. We go around family. I couldn't tell him. I, I couldn't let him know that, you know, this person hurt me because then he would start acting different towards my grandfather and I couldn't have that because so then everybody love, else would have found out, of, out. Even though you were being abused out of love, you kept that to yourself. Yeah, my gra- it would have killed my grandmother. You know, I don't even understand so how continue, she didn't know. You still continued to you still continued to, to be around your family at functions and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you would see your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yes. The day that the day before my grandmother died, they came to my house because they were going on vacation, and it was my birthday. She passed away four days before my twenty fourth birthday, or after my twenty fourth birthday. She came, and I so desperately wanted to give her a hug before she left. But my grandfather was standing there, and she was standing here, and I knew I would have to hug him if oh. I wanted to hug her in order for appearances to be kept up, so I didn't, and mm. I never saw her again. So you actually had to even avoid simple things like hugging your grandmom because mm-hmm. of that, because you don't want to mm-hmm. be in a situation where you had to hug your grandfather. Exactly. Oh. I I bawled my eyes out when she passed away because my heart broke because I didn't push through and just go hug her. Uh, but that's when I decided I needed to start going to church. I, I had the house. I had the child. I got married. I need to go to church now because that's how things were. You know, you go to church. You take your family to church. So, and So how did you decide to find a church? Because let's face it, you grew up Half Catholic, Catholic half Methodist, and, yes. And, and she's in the assembly as a God person now. So that's I want to see how this happened. This ought to be good. <laughs> so the first time I, I decided to go, 
um, to Fairton. Uh, I had been hearing uh, things about Fairton before that, for years before that. We actually got my son dedicated there before. So was this in the 90s? Yes, okay. yes, 95. Polly was born in 95, and we got him dedicated in, like, March of 96. And, and I assume at this point you're still a broken person. Absolutely, absolutely. But now i got somebody to protect, too, so I'm even more intense, you know. Um, and then we got married we went back to that church to get married in, in 97. 99 is when my granny passed away. And I decided it's time to start going to church. So that Christmas of 99, we decided, well, Catholics, they go to church on Wednesdays. They go to church practically every day, you know, if they want to. There's always mass going on. So we decided we were going to try and go there, not knowing that, you know, it's men's meeting, women's meeting, missionettes, rangers, all that stuff. And I opened the door and I said, are they having church? (laughs) And some, uh, actually, Kurt Morgan was the one who said, women's meetings down there. I said, okay. I shut the door. I went back to the car. It's not church. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And I actually did not go that till, wow. till yeah, I know, till like, um, till in 2000, like March or somewhere around there, February, March. And um, I was raised half Catholic, half Methodist. Methodists go to church for about 45 minutes to an hour. Catholics, it's only about a half hour. And I get there, and these people are still having church past an hour. And I'm like, and, and I'm crying. Were you looking for the exit door? <laughs> I was. But, but at the same time, I had long hair, and I hid my face in it, you was know, it because I was, I was so broken. Every time I walked into a church... The, the Holy Spirit was trying to get a hold of me, and I, and I just, it, it was so intense, I would cry, and I could never control it, and I cried that entire time. Mm. So, um, by, the, by after two hours, uh, I, I needed to get out of there, <laughs> okay? You know, I'm used to half hour to, you know, to uh, an hour, and it just, that wasn't working for me. So, my friend that had started going there before me, she had uh, said, do you want to go? And I said, yes. Well, we get out there, and Jamie Morgan chases us down. She chased us down, and, you know, she said, uh, do you want to get saved? And I'm crying. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't understand it. I did not understand it. I thought, you go to church, you're going to heaven. I didn't understand that there was something that I had to do. And she started a new believer's Bible study. And I was the second person to uh, be on that you know, and go in that program. And uh, I learned so much from her. I was like a sponge because during the second lesson, you know, she explained about salvation. And I wasn't ready to ask the Lord into my heart right there in front of her. And she asked, you know, she offered, and I, I didn't do it. I, so when she left that night, I got saved. I didn't have any big fireworks I didn't have any big, you know, some people say they, they feel great relief or chains coming off. I didn't feel any of that. Mm. I just knew that I was different because when Pastor Moore would teach, I started understanding. Because before, it was like I would go to church there and he would talk and it would hit and fall and hit and fall. It wasn't getting in until I got saved because I was spiritually dead. Mm. 
you know, until I went through that program and I got saved. And then I became a sponge and I grew and I learned and I just, I, I, I took off like a rocket, basically, you know, mm-hmm. f- filling myself with the Lord, filling myself with information. And I started to heal. It was a very long process. But I eventually, uh, Jamie Morgan, she allowed me to tell her what happened. And I couldn't even look at her. She wanted to sit to the side of me. And I couldn't even look at her face while I was explaining this. Was it the, I had was her it sit the next shame? to was me. Was it the shame? Yes. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. Did you, did you at that point um, feel like you did something wrong? Uh, yes, because he always made me feel that way. He used to take us to church. Oh. Yeah, sat there right in the pew like la la la, you yeah. know, and and uh, well, you probably didn't have a great great picture of a Christian person at that point. Did exactly, you? exactly. You that's what took me so long. The deceit, the deceit. So. Mm. Yeah, that's why it took me so long, and the rebellion stayed so long. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you know, I, I got to tell Jamie my testimony. And so you finally get a chance with with Pastor Morgan, she's now a pastor, to get set free. How did you feel when you finally were able to release all this? I guess it was a burden. Is it a burden you had? Yes. How did you feel when you got to... I did not. I I felt a little bit of a relief, but I didn't feel a great burden leave me yet. It wasn't until um, a few years later I'm going to say a couple years later, and uh, I found uh, my son and my husband, and we all decided to go down to Fortescue, which is where my grandfather was living at the time. And um, so I, we went there, and he wasn't there, and the neighbor said he's in the hospital. And I said, okay. So we decided to go to the hospital to go see him. And you know what it feels like when you're in a roller coaster? You can't put on the brakes. No. All you can do is hold on. For dear life. And that's how I felt on that drive to the hospital. Because I knew that I was going to tell him that I forgave him. Wow. I had already decided this a while ago. After you gave your heart to the Lord. Yeah, it took a little while. You know, it took some learning. It took some teaching. It took some growing. It took some healing. But... um, I, I was going to go there and tell him I forgave him. And my, and my husband does not know. My son at that time does not even know. He does know. You know both of them do know now because um, I didn't want anybody else to tell them. Um, but we get there, and I'm like, okay, Lord, how am I going to do this? Uh, there's another man in a, a hospital bed. My husband and my son are here. How am I supposed to do this without explaining to them what's mm. going on? And so eventually a nurse comes in, takes the man out of the other bed in a wheelchair and leaves. My husband says, I'm going to take Polly to the vending machine. And he leaves. Wow. And I'm like, wow. The Lord parted the sea for you. Yes, he did. He did. And I went to the side of the bed and I said, Pop, I forgive you. And he cried. He knew exactly what you're talking about. Yes, he did. Absolutely. He knew. He cried. And I prayed for him. Wow. And then he got saved. Wow. Right there. So that sin that he committed, that terrible hurt that he put on you, the Lord took all that, parted the sea, removed the person in the bed next to you, took your son and husband away who didn't know at the time, 
and basically allowed you to tell him you forgave him, but then the Lord allowed you to lead him to the him. Wow. A that's slap incredible. in the devil's, devil's face. That's true. That's a real slap in the face. Yes. Um, Gene, you know, it, it's to me, you know, um, you don't realize how many people there are like you that mm-hmm. have been in such a terrible, terrible way. I mean, you know, for for be abused by one person is very traumatic, I'm sure. If you yeah. just had to deal with your, your uncle, that would have been awful. But your uncle and your grandfather, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a testimony to the Lord that you're able to talk about it, you've been healed from it, and you forgave your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he that live? was my choice. Yeah, you made the decision. He never said, I'm sorry. He never said, can you forgive me? I chose to forgive. It was my choice to forgive. And you talked about that feeling. When I left that hospital, I felt like two huge cinder blocks had fallen off my shoulders. Mm. I felt so light because I chose to forgive, not because he asked forgiveness. Now, one of the things that you shared with me off camera is that yes your son knows yes, yes your husband knows mm-hmm. yes you know yes your grandfather you know is your grandfather still with us today no he died like about a couple years later okay a year and a half maybe okay a after years you later after he got saved yes Did his life change yes he tried to start coming to church and um you know and when when he died i thought that one day i was going to couldn't wait to dance on their graves mm. but that day, when I went to the graveside for the funeral, I had rejoicing in knowing that I'll see him again, but he's not going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, Gene, uh, as I told you, time on this program goes so fast. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. There are a lot of people out there, I guarantee, that have been in the spot that you're in or are in that spot, and they just don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to get set free. Gene, this is a great opportunity those people out there need your prayers. Would you look at the camera, pray for those people, and encourage them the best you can? If they've been in that same place you've been, speak to them. Go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing me to be able to give my testimony about how you set me free, about how forgiving sets people free. And I thank you that you will help every person who hears this testimony to be able to forgive, to be able to be set free themselves. Lord, you set the captives free, and that's what I am here to help you do, to let people know that they can be set free. I thank you for sending anointed Christ-like people into their lives to breathe life onto them, to speak words of life into them so they can be set free too. In Jesus' name, amen. Gene, we want to thank you for opening up and and obviously um, 
um, your what the Lord, what the the enemy is always used for bad, the Lord uses for good, as you just shared with us. Right. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, obviously, the Lord uses a lot of people in a lot of different situations, and amazing things, miracles happen day in and day out because of obedience. Gene was obedient to go to church, to uh, and it may not have been the perfect order, she said, but. The Lord took all that and delivered her, and she in turn delivered her grandfather. So you can see when the Lord does things, it's just perfect. So tune in next week. Thank you again, Gene, for more Second Chances right here on the Ascend Television Network. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have something that you would like to share on Second Chances, well, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website, ascend-tv.com. Click on Contact Us. There's a form to fill out. And in the subject line, just type in Second Chances Guest. And we'll get back to you and schedule you a time to come on this program and share your story.